God's a mighty warrior. Amen? All right. Welcome to Haven Church. So I'm glad everybody survived the wind last night. I'm sure some trees did not. I saw some this morning. I was driving like, like an obstacle course coming down here this morning. around these branches and stuff falling down. But, yeah, that's a – I know I like weather. It kind of gives me a – because I know that I'm not more powerful than weather. <laughs> All right. So let's, uh, let's stand up. We're going to extend our worship this morning. You know, uh, so everybody, welcome. Welcome to Haven Church. Welcome online. Uh, you know, at Haven Church, we also do this thing called contemporary worship. You know, we don't, it's not a, it's, it's not like, you know, we're not like a perfect, uh, you know, musical church. You know, we're just, uh, we're just doing our, 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 our part for bringing us together in, in God's name in this house. So, you know, we guys, uh, you know, we're just, we're just part of the worship. We're just an extension of what you guys are. So just going to join together in song this morning.
know who goes before me. I know who stands behind the God of angel armies is always by my side. things in disciple this week this evening disciple we were talking about is just that how how we um we were, we were talking about just um healing and the battle that we're in a lot of times we get so focused in the in the battle in the flesh like whether we get up in the day and we don't feel well or everybody's had sickness and all kinds of other things um but we really don't realize that what the scripture tells us is that we are in a battle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers of this world and we are in a, in a spiritual battle all the time and and last week we celebrated how Christ conquered sin and death and gave us victory over that spiritual battle in his name. And so that's what we're here to do, just, just to stop and just worship him. Um, and when everything else seems like it's falling apart in life, we know that the only in Christ, he holds everything together in him. And that's what we're thrilled about. Amen? Let's sing that, um, let's sing that chorus first. What do you think? Bring it in with that. You know, it's amazing how hard it is to hear that sing in my ear. The first song, I was totally uh, deaf up here, <laughs> so hopefully I sounded all right up there, but it's all good, so. And love will hold us together, make us a shelter to weather the storm, and I'll be my brother's keeper, so the whole world will know that we're not alone. Door. In the morning 
Thank you that no matter what happens in this world, the good, the bad, the ugly, and somewhere in between all those, that you hold everything together and that we can keep our eyes on you. And for that, we give you praise in Christ's mighty name. Amen. At this time, our children go to our Shoreline Sunday School ministry. Um, and then uh, the rest of you, uh, go ahead and greet someone and say hi.
I'm all right. Uh, let's try this again. Good morning. There you go. Everybody's here. Good to hear you. All right. We have uh, several different things to lift up today. Uh, number one, if you are visiting today, welcome, welcome, welcome. We are thrilled that you are here and glad that you chose Haven to worship with. Number one, relax, have fun, and we're going to connect to God in a special way, hopefully. Um, and if you are visiting, uh, hopefully you received a card. We have a small gift for you. Thank you for being part of our worship today and are really glad that you, um, you're attending as well. And if you have any other um, on that card, if you want any other information or anything else, go ahead and please connect. Um, you can see the information about membership at Haven. Uh, Sunday school support. If anybody would like to be involved with the Sunday school, feel free to please do so. That would be awesome. And you can see the information there. Um, Dining for Women Spring Party, April 13th. Um, and you can see I do have an announcement uh, for the middle school and high school youth are invited um, next door to the Dance Center to meet um, Andy and Teresa Musall. They will be uh, giving an overview of the World Vision's 30-hour famine. That's going to be here um, on the 29th and 30th. If you're interested in learning more or finding out about how you can participate, you can head over now. They're right next door. Um, someone in the back will help guide you over there if you need help getting there um, for the young people. And um, you also get a chance to meet the folks. Andy and Teresa will be heading up our youth group beginning in the fall, and there's going to be, a, we're really excited about that. Also, just to let you know, they've been leading a teen Bible study for a while at their house on Tuesday evenings, and they're going to be moving it here to Haven Church Tuesday evenings, April 5th from 6.30 to 8, and this will be a weekly event until the end um, of the school year. So if you're interested in plugging into that, please, and you have young people, by all means, come ahead, bring them here starting Tuesday, April 5th, which is this week, 6.30 to 8, and uh, we're really excited, and I know Andy and Teresa are as well with some others who are um, going to be um, helping them with some things. Okay? Um, couple other things. National Day of Prayer service. Beginning next week, you will hear a lot more about that. But on the 5th of May, um, we will be get having a service here at 6 p.m. Um, recognizing the National Day of Prayer. And there's a lot of good things that are planned with that. Uh, and you can see the information. And you can see the verse that is here. If my people are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. And we all know that we definitely need healing in our land here. Um, the Angel Gown mission is still going on. Also, um, any, if you know anyone who would like to be involved with this, April the 12th, we will have our free Narcan training that is being um, put on. We just, we're using our church for that. And um, Narcan has saved lots of lives. And we want to go ahead and continue. Anything else we need to mention about that, Shelly? Okay, good. So you, if you want to be part of that, please feel free to do so. Um, I was very grateful. To, I was very thrilled today in praying and glad that this was not Easter Sunday with a sunrise outside with the wind. Um, otherwise, Jesus would have been blown out of the tomb if you looked at that. Um, but the um, other thing is on April 17th, we have the Parish Foundation. So we want to go ahead and check on that. We have another announcement. We will be partnering with Christmas in April and Elkton United Methodist Church on Saturday, April 30th to make home repairs to the home of low-income disabled individual. We will be installing new front steps and railing and replacing a door and, uh, to make a bathroom wheelchair accessible. And we are also hoping to replace two windows in the kitchen that are old and drafty. Sign-ups will begin next Sunday, so check your calendars. That will be April 30th to come and join us. And if you have any need more information, you can contact Sarah Dutton, and we'll make sure that you can have that information and everything else. All right? Okay, does that sound good? Did I do a good job? Yeah. Okay, just checking. 
let's go to our, our prayer concern time. We want to lift up a couple prayers. Um, we want to lift up uh, from Tina. She's lifted up Faith King, 23-year-old, who was just diagnosed with lymphoma. So we want to lift her in prayers. Her name's um, Faith King. And Katie asked for prayers for Paul and Aria Marcula, who was in a car accident on Friday with injuries. So we want to lift them up. And um, the Russell family has lifted up prayers for the Estes family, um, for Bob Estes. Many remember Bob. It was in the area um, and um, with the Maryland State Police for a long time. He passed away yesterday after a long battle with leukemia. And his funeral will be later in this week. So we want to lift them up in prayers. Anyone else we need to lift up in prayers? Yes. Yeah, we want to lift up uh, Patty and Ginny and family. Many of you know the um, the double homicide this week that hit their family. It was their family, um, nephew and, and others. So, um, and then on top of that, their your cousin also passed away as well. So they have had more than enough. Um, and really, we pray that the Lord will lift them up during this time. Um, just senseless things that happen in our world. So we want to continue to lift that entire family in your prayers. Okay, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we, we thank you for just the many blessings that you give to us. And that's why we're taking time, whether we are part of church online or whether we are here in the flesh today, to go ahead and just um, look to you. But ultimately, God, we know that there are so many that are hurting. There are so, many, so much pain, so much sorrow. And the, there's an old uh, statement that goes, uh, earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. And God, we need that right now for many in our own congregation, in our own community, in all different ways, in all different times. And this is we saying that, that when everything else starts to fall apart, only the love that you have for us and the love that we have for you holds everything together. So God, I ask no matter where we are in our lives, that you may, will give us exactly what we need in order to connect and, and be strong. I ask that you put your blessing upon the, these tithes and gifts that we give, not, not out of uh, necessity, but, and, but not out of um, a guilt, but that we give cheerfully. Because, God, we can't make, we can't begin to scratch the surface of things here, but we know that you can uh, do like you did with the multitudes and put your Holy Spirit on, these, on, the, on the, uh, the gifts that we give and the tithes and multiply them and use them to reach so many here and around the world. God, we've lifted up so many needs right now, and, and I've, I feel so small to begin to scratch the surface of what needs to be done, but you are great and you are mighty and you can do all things. So God, through the remainder of the service as we continue our worship through whether we give here or we give online, that we continue to be in an attitude of worship and focus on you and that we open up our minds and our hearts and our lives to hear what you have to give to us. Something really special. I believe you have something incredibly special in store for someone here today as we talk about you as I am the good shepherd. And what does that mean to us in today's modern world? Whatever it means, God, and as we go through this, we know that it means that you have a great love and care for us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Give us your peace. In Christ's mighty name, amen.
does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. 
The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Okay, here we go. You ready? You ready? Everybody still on uh, sugar candy hangover? Okay. Um, you can get peeps like half off now. So you can, um, I remember when Melissa was expecting Jacob and he was premature just to make sure that he was moving, she'd eat peeps and he'd start moving. So haven't stopped him since, but that's okay. We are, um, welcome. We are in the second week of our series uh, of the I Am series, I Am Jesus series. And we are going through seven, uh, there's seven different I am statements. We're not going to go through all those, but there are seven different I am statements that Jesus mentioned in the Gospel of John. Now, last week in Easter, we found out that Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And we learned that the resurrection is not an event, but is what? A person in Jesus. Today, we're going to focus on from John 10, primarily John 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. Uh, so I want you to say that with me. Here we go. I am the what? Say it one more time. Okay. I am the good shepherd. And what does a good shepherd do? A good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He is the good shepherd. So God is good. And this is where we get the good news from. The good news is that Jesus is the good shepherd and was willing, as we celebrated all last week, to lay down his life for his sheep. Now, he said, I tell you the truth, anyone in verse uh, 1 of 10, he says, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of the sheepfold, rather than going through the gate, surely must be a thief and a robber. Now, if you look in your um, bulletin, hopefully everybody has a bulletin. I have some blanks for you to fill in and take home uh, if you want to. And hopefully you'll be, want to take notes. If not, it's okay. We're glad you're here. Um, but who is he talking about? The thief. He's talking about that if there's a good shepherd, then that means there's some bad ones. And the bad one that we look to, he's talking about our spiritual enemy known as Satan. He's the prince of darkness. He hates God and hates God's people. 
His mission is to steal, kill, and destroy everything that matters to God. And if you really take time and look around our community and our world, you have to admit that there's a lot of the bad shepherd rolling around in our, in our world, in our community. A lot of people are sick from anything from the flu to terminal illnesses. A lot of families are falling apart. A lot of marriages are, tr- are in trouble. And a lot of kids are making a lot of bad decisions. And they probably learned it from their parents making bad decisions as well. There's a lot of senseless murders and lives being destroyed through addiction everywhere we look. And I believe that the root of that is the great thief and robber, Satan. Jesus clearly said that the, it's the mission of our spiritual enemy to do that thing. In John 10.10, 10, the, the thief's purpose is to steal, to kill, and destroy. How's, that, how's he doing on his job? Pretty good, huh? But Jesus says, wait a second, wait a second. My purpose is to give them what? A rich and satisfying life. Or you may have heard before, a fullness of life. So to be clear, Jesus is the good shepherd. Satan's the bad ones. And who are we? What are we? No, you're supposed to go, bah. Okay, there we go. Let's try that. You are what? Oh, very good. You guys are too good at that. Um, so, and, that and that's probably, probably right. So imagine that. Imagine this. The love of God is so much that he sent his son to be our good shepherd that he's willing to lay down his life so that we can have a rich, satisfying, full life. And that's what he wants for you. But we are what? Sheep. There we go. And, it's, and you know, i got to tell you something about sheep. Sheep are mentioned more than any other animal in Scripture. They are mentioned some 200 times. Sheep. I saw somebody say, mm, you should best go back. Okay, there we go. Um, but since we're, since, let's just take a look at this. So the sheep are mentioned 200 times. Let's take a look at this. Let's take a look at some animals in here. Dogs are mentioned. Anybody want to guess? 44 times dogs are mentioned in the Bible. Cats, zero. Okay, And there's a reason for that, because if you consider the cat family, the scripture says Satan is a roaming lion. Uh, and so you see Satan and cats are put together. And some of you who love cats, sorry, but that, that's how it happens. Okay? But um, no, I like, our, our cats are outside. I love them. So, but um, you can see a connection between cats and the devil, just to let you know, in case anybody does not like cats and somebody's trying to bring one in your house, you can say, no, it's of the devil. Okay? Um, but guess what? We are sheep. And unfortunately, that's not great news. Look at the person next to you and go, meh. <laughs> All right. Why? Because here you go. You ready for this? Sheep are the dumbest, stupidest animal that ever lived. Make you feel better <laughs> in this metaphor? Like, for instance, if you go to a circus, you'll see lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Um, you'll see them. You'll see elephants that are trained. You'll see puppies. You'll see all the, you might even see a cat do a trick here and there. But guess what? You never see sheep because sheep can only do one thing, play dead. It's when you shoot them and that's it. And just do it once in life. They're done. Okay. That's the only thing sheep can do. Die once. That's it. They play dead. So, but for, they're incredibly dumb creatures. And I want to share with you some challenges to being sheep or to being sheeple. Say we're a bunch of sheeple. Number one, four problems of being sheeple. Sheep get lost easily. And my wife would say, yep, that's true with Jack. Okay, they get lost easily. As a matter of fact, Isaiah 53 mentions, we all like sheep 
have gone astray. Each has turned to his own way. Here we are. We're like, oh, I think I'll go this way. Oh, I really want to be happy here. Maybe if I do, oh, wait, no, let me go back this way. Oh, what, if I, what if I walk, yeah, oh, wait, I think I'll take this turn in my life. Oh, I'll try this. Uh, God, you want me to go here? Okay, I'll go this way. We, we are sheeple, right? Right? There we go. There's one. All right. So we are sheep. We each go our own way and make our own turns. And even though we have a good shepherd, we kind of just, how many of you have ever made a turn in your own life that you know really wasn't being led by God. All right, there we go. Got lots of that going on here today. Um, it's really where many of us are. Many of us might be here right now. We try to figure out this life and we make bad decisions. Now I want to see, I want to see if everybody's honest today. How many of you have ever made a bad decision in your life? All hands up. For the ones, ones who didn't raise your hand, you're a sheep. You're on your own way. And we had these. It's easy to get lost as a sheep, particularly without a shepherd. And so we need that. Next thing, sheep are defenseless. And I find this amazing because all kinds of animals have defenses. Cats can claw your eyes out. Many animals have fangs. Some have horns that they're just, like, I'm always amazed by those people who do running with the bulls. And then uh, you, you can see videos now of people just kind of hanging out with the bulls, and then all of a sudden, boom, they go up in the air. I'm like, you're running with the bulls. The bull didn't take a time out here. You know, you're going to get gored. But we have these kind of, every animal, dogs will bite. We have all this kind of stuff. Sheep, I, I heard this once about sheep. Um, when you attack a sheep, what do they say to you? Get back. I told you it was bad. Well, I didn't, but I, I, it's bad. Okay, so sheep are defenseless. And what we learn is that's a great illustration for us because without the body of Christ, without the armor of God, without, without a good shepherd of Jesus, we are defenseless ourselves. We're vulnerable to every kind of attack from the evil one. So many of us as sheep, we're believing the lies that lead to death and destruction, at least on the inside, and sheep are defenseless. Number three. Sheep are stubborn. Sheep are stubborn. Now, I want you to look next to the person next to you and say, bah, you are stubborn. Now, some of you did not do that because you're too stubborn. And you've proven my point that you're really stubborn about, about doing these things. Sheep are, are so stubborn and dumb. And, and you put those combinations together, dumb and stubborn, you're not going many places in life. You know what I mean? And so, for instance, there have been sheep who have tried to get through two rocks and gotten stuck. And when they get stuck, they don't back up. They push harder in. And they say, if I just shove my little sheepness a little bit more in between these rocks, I can get through. And you know what they do? They get more stuck, and some of them even die. They never occurs to them to back up take two steps back, and reevaluate this thing. Now, let me ask you, don't point at them, but do you have some people in life who are like that, that they are between a rock and a hard place, and they just barrel through, and you say, well, why don't you come back? They're just going through, and they get stuck there, even to the point of their own demise. Anybody know anybody like that? Anybody, is anybody like that? You don't have to raise your hand. You can just smile and nod and say, move on, Jack. All right. Many of us, somebody, somebody bad, okay. Some of us are there. 
Some of us live there. We are, some of us are like the sheep, stupidly stubborn. You know, it's like the, maybe the girl who says, I always get the bad guys. The bad guys always come after me. Maybe that's what you're throwing out there. Or maybe the person who says, I'm out of money, I'm always broke, I don't have anything, let's go to the mall and talk about it. <laughs> Stubborn. You're between that rock and you just keep pushing in and more and more. And number four, here we go. Sheep are filthy. Sheep are filthy. And you say, well, wait, I've seen the nice little fluffy white ones. They were probably either power washed or put through a rinse cycle with Clorox. They are filthy. Anybody ever seen, anybody been up close to a sheep? Anybody touched them? Your hand smells for months, right? It's, it, they stink. They collect everything. Remember like last week we talked about Lazarus? He stinketh much. Sheep stinketh much. And really, a ton. They really stink. They're bad. They're, they're bad, I guess you would say. That's the way God looks at us in our own lives. That Where we are in our own life, we really stink. There's nothing really good about us. A lot of people say, well, that's a good old boy or a good old girl. They, they do good things. But God says, no, no, you still sin. You're, you're still stink. You're, there's, still, there's still a stench and you're dirty and you're covered with this stuff. And the bottom line that we're seeing here in these four things is sheep need a shepherd and we need a savior. With, we need Jesus and without him we're vulnerable to every kind of attack. And the good news is that Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And he's so good that he says, I will lay down my life. I lay down my life for my sheep. So what I want to do with the remainder of our time together is I want to share four incredible qualities of the good shepherd. In other words, what does the good shepherd do? And I really pray that God will help these connect to you today and apply them in a way that you want to live them out every single day of life. Are you ready for number one? Okay, number one. He guides. The good shepherd guides us. Good shepherd guides us. Everybody say, good shepherd guides. The good shepherd guides us. He guides us. If we look in Psalm, and, and whenever you talk about the good shepherd, you've got to go to Psalm 23. And Psalm 23 begins, it's the one that begins, the Lord is my shepherd. Many of us know I shall not want or I lack nothing. We'll get to that in a second. But in verse 3, it says, he guides me along the paths for his namesake. He guides me. The Lord guides me in paths for his namesake. What does all this mean? Do you ever find yourself with a big decision in life? And you're not sure what to do. You, you don't know what it, what it entails. And when you seek the Lord, he'll reveal himself to you. In John chapter 3, John chapter 10, verse 3 through 4, it says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for the sheep, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He's the good shepherd, and he calls us by name. Now, it's really interesting because he says he's the gate or he, he lays there. What shepherds would often do, because the, the herds were so vulnerable, and at night, often they would back them into an area that was surrounded or into a cave where they would all be, and he would lay himself down. So when Jesus said, I lay my life down for the sheep, at the entrance of the cave. So if you were coming in to get the sheep, you had to go through the shepherd, and it didn't often happen that way. They would lay down their lives for the sheep. Nothing's getting in or out unless they come through him. If you try to sneak in, then he'd say, I'll, I'll deal with that. You're a thief. You're a robber. And so what happens is when the good shepherd says, I know my sheep by name, and I lead them out, 
after he gathered his flock and walks ahead of them, they follow him. Why? Because they know his voice. Some may say, well, wait a second, Jack. You know, you're, you know, I don't know this voice of God. You know, you're talking to me like it's like James Earl Jones saying, this is CNN. You know, like this is God. And yes, I believe God speaks audibly, but I want to share with you some other ways that I believe God speaks to you all the time through his word. Um, someone once said that the Bible is the only book that when you're reading it, the author is right there with you speaking to you. He can speak to you through your circumstances. He can speak to you through other people. And he can speak to you through a prophetic message. God can speak different ways, and the sheep who belong to him know his voice. And many of you say, well, I don't know his voice. And I want to share with you, there's one or two reasons why we don't know the shepherd's voice. And I'm going to give you an illustration. Suppose uh, that this room was filled, let's just say 50 to 100 women, and they're all talking. All the women are talking. I'm not going to say anything else. I'm going to keep moving. Um, But the women are in here talking, 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 and I just walk in the door, and my wife's in that room. How many of you would recognize my wife's voice? Right? Okay. I would, you give me a couple seconds, I will know her voice. You know why? Because I know her. I spend time with her. I can pick it out. I remember I used to think all babies' cries were the same until I had my son. And I remember I was preaching one week, and I heard this cry, and my attention went immediately because I knew it was my kid. I knew it was mine, my, my little sheep, my little lamb. I knew that's who it was. So the reason why you can't tell Melissa's voice is because either you don't know her or haven't met her or you haven't spent enough time with her to recognize her voice. I know immediately because I've spent 20 six years or 27 years with her and getting to know her and know her voice. If you don't know the, the, the voice of the good shepherd, it's probably because either you don't know him at all or you have not spent enough time with him to get to know his voice. He calls you by name. God has a personal, relational relationship with him. And when somebody calls your name, it changes who you are. It changes the situation. I've met people over my life that when somebody, if you're in a place and somebody starts calling out your name, Jack, Jack, Jack. And for some reason at school, uh, the kids like to call me Cohen. And I'll hear Cohen, and I'll go, I'll, I'll look around, and I know, I know that, that narrows it down. You know, there's not that many out there. I hear that, and immediately there's a connection because of my voice with them. Um, if, if my dad said to me, Jack David, I know I was in trouble. All right? Uh, so so we, we understand by voices by spending time together. I know my dad's voice. If he picks up the phone and calls me, even without caller ID, I know who it is because I've known him my entire life. I don't have to say, hello, Father, this is your son, the youngest, born in 1971. I don't have to say that because he knows me and we spent time with me. If you have a difficult decision to make, maybe you've you got to look at, hey, should I move and take this job in another city? Maybe I should keep, should I keep dating this person or not? Should we try to have more kids or not? Should we be part of this church or not? Then you need to ask Jesus the good shepherd. Basically, that's like that. He says, you show me. It's his job to guide. He's going to guide. Let Jesus do his job. So many times we like to take the wheel and we like to go ahead and, and say, hey, I'll, we, we have this opinion. God, I know what I'm doing. I'm heading this way. You get on board. And then we stop and we go, God, why did you, why am I in this situation? What happened? And he says, I'm over here where you're supposed to be. 
Oh, that's right. God, you drive, I'll ride. It's a lot better in life. It's a lot better in life. You guide me, I will follow. Everybody say, he guides. All right, number two, he provides. Our God is a good God who provides. In Psalm 23, 1 through 3, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Or in King James, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet and still waters and restores my soul. Isn't that some of the greatest imagery ever? Ever, ever. Um, Let's start with the first one. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Now, we're getting to this point of year. Um, The other day, I, I went running on Friday and I was kind of dead afterwards, and I laid down. I just laid down on the ground. You ever like this time of year just like to lay down, like when there's blue, it's blue sky and the clouds are going by, and there's a nice breeze, not one that'll blow you off the ground, but like there's a nice breeze. You just sit there, and you just anybody, lay in like plush grass. Anybody remember doing that? When's the last time you've just laid down in grass and just been like, ah, isn't it awesome? Like nothing, nothing goes on, that nice breeze. You can go right to sleep in the middle of nice grass. Make sure there's not a dog park, though, okay? Um, but you can just lay there, and it's just like everything stops, and it feels so comfortable. It's better than any bed that you may have spent lots of money on. Uh, but how many of you have ever seen sheep lie down? Uh, some of you say, I don't see sheep very often, but, and I'll, I'll go with that. But we, often, you only see sheep if three things are met with them laying down. They have to be well-fed or they don't lie down. Number one, they have, to, they have to have that belly full or else they're not going to lie down. Number two, they have to be getting along with each other or they won't lie down, which is often one of the most difficult tasks for the shepherd to get done. And the third thing, they have to feel safe or they won't take a rest. Have you ever been in your house uh, and you've gone to bed and you're hungry, a little bit restless, your stomach growls, maybe you wake you up and you like, find yourself wandering in the kitchen? Just wandering around. Anybody sleep, sleepwalk, uh, like sleep eat? I sleep eat, particularly since I've been adapted this new eating habit. I've caught myself like, I'll be, I'll be asleep, and I'll walk in, and I'll find myself on the counter eating Doritos. And I'm like, this is so good. I'm, this is a great dream. It's awesome. And then, you know, I'm like, oh, it's not a dream. Now i got to run more. No, no, no. All right? But we, you, you find yourself doing that. It's because I'm hungry at times in life, and I find myself restless. Or how many of you um, have ever had an argument with someone that you just can't lay down and go right to sleep? It's on your mind. It's there. You're worried about it. You're not getting along, and just like it's there, and you're restless. Some of you are probably like, oh, it's nighttime, and you go right out. But some of us are just like, like I'm somebody who runs everything through my mind. And I run it through my mind, I run it through my mind, I run it through my mind. And Melissa yells at me because I like to have television on. And one of the reasons is because it helps my mind just get all the stuff out and just mind-numbing, helps me be a stupid sheep, bah, right? And so there's that. And then, have you ever heard noises? I remember the first time my parents left and it was dark. And you heard noises in the house at night. And you hear, you hear more things when you're alone and it's dark, am I right? And you, you sleep like this. You start to go to sleep, and you go, I can't go to sleep. Somebody might break in. You start to do this. You, you with me here? If it's any of those three things, you don't rest very easily as well either. And that, so we're, we're, a lot of, we're a lot like sheep. We're sheeple. In, but here's the cool thing. In the presence of the good shepherd who leads us to the greener pastures, 
We, the, the sheep are full because of his presence. He breaks up the fights and comes down. He says, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. As far as it depends on you. And he helps them get along. And helps them feel safe and secure when they're there. Some of us need the good shepherd to come into our, our homes and bring some healing and restoration so we can get a good night's sleep. What's about the second imagery? He leads me beside still or quiet waters. Why still waters or quiet waters? Because if there's rushing waters, sheep won't go and drink from them. Because sheep are what? Dumb. They're stupid. And what happens is sheep are like a giant cotton ball that often they'll say, oh, a little bit of water, more water is good, and they'll get in, and next thing you know, they're heading down the, heading down the river. Like a big, like, anybody filled up cotton with water? Anybody remember like when you had kids with diapers and they'd go in before the swim diapers and it was like, it was like an 80-pound thing and the kid's dragging around and you say, I just take it off. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, you know, and then it has that gel. That's what it's like, a sheep. And they can't, they're not good swimmers and they're just going to sink and drown. So many times what we see with sheep is they, they won't drink at all if the water's moving. They'll just stop. And so here's what we find out about our good shepherd. Our good shepherd leads us right to the right water, the kind they can drink from and be safe and secure from. And it's no mistake that Jesus said to the woman at the well, I am the living water. You drink from me, you take from me. You'll never go thirsty. You can fill your life. You can eat. We all like sheep. can go anywhere we want. Go everywhere we want. I'll I'll take from here. I'll, I'll take from there. I'll try this to fill my life. I'll try that to fill my life. He says, you can try all that stuff, but I, you're going to end up down the river like a big cotton ball until you drink from me, until you take from me. I'm the only one who can satisfy. I'm the only one who can satisfy that thirst that you have in life. He leads me besides the quiet waters. Number three, he refreshes or restores my soul. I love this. God is such a good provider. But he doesn't only provide for us materially. He provides for us spiritually and for our souls. Some of you right now, You've got everything on the outside. Everything, it looks like you have the perfect family. It looks like you have the perfect income. It looks like you have the perfect everything. But inwardly, your soul's not at rest. You're like a sheep without a shepherd. You need something to refresh your soul. And inwardly, you're dry. And you need something. When your sheep under the, the control of the good shepherd, all hell can break loose. Everything can go all kinds of craziness. But there's this incredible peace that passes every amount of understanding. You may have gotten the worst news you ever could. You may have been through the most terrific week and days of your life, but when you know the Good Shepherd, you know he's got everything together, you can have this calm, tranquil peace that just, you don't know why. You have no clue why. I have been so amazed at at seeing people over the last 20 years, been able to see people who have been on their deathbed and to be, see them at a point of peace and tranquility that I could never approach. I've seen people who've had their children die, which makes no sense logically at all. And I've seen the horrific pain that they've gone through, but I've also seen them have this peace that transcends all understanding and any kind of nature. I've seen people just in life that just, any, any, it doesn't make any sense, but yet they have this peace and say, God's in control, and believe it, and live it that way. To me, even as a pastor, there's certain things I say, man, God, I certainly hope I don't ever have to do that. I don't know what I would do. I'd hope I would lean on you. I'd hope I'd trust on you. 
But I also know me. I also know Jack likes to take the reins and go his own way at times. Anybody else like me? And so when you have this situation, what we see is you have a supernatural peace that transcends all understanding. And what is that? It is simply the presence of the good shepherd refreshing and restoring your soul. It doesn't mean that your soul's not going to be broken. It doesn't mean that your life's going to fall apart at times. It means that you have a good shepherd who's going to say, hey, come here. I'll take you to this greener pasture. I'll get you to still waters, and I will restore who you are. The good shepherd guides, and the good shepherd provides. He also, number three, the good shepherd corrects. Everybody say, my shepherd corrects. Say it again, my shepherd corrects. How many of you like to be corrected? No. All right. You're, you're all bad for not doing that. I just corrected you. Um, this is never good news at the time. None of us like to be corrected at the time. You may be at a, at a job where you say something and somebody says, no, it's this way in front of the boss, and you are steaming and you want to choke somebody. You may have been in the presence of your kids, and you're trying to tell somebody why you didn't go somewhere, and really it was because you were tired and wanted to watch Days of Our Lives or something like that, and then all of a sudden they say, no, that's not why. You told them you didn't want to go anywhere near that person. You're like, shut up. Okay? Anybody have kids like that? You told them to be honest. It's your fault. But truly the good news is the shepherd loves you enough to correct you. Job, who went through a lot in Job chapter 5, says this, and it's a richness of a, of a picture. He said, blessed is the one whom God does what? Corrects. So do not despise the what? The discipline of who? And listen to this verse. For he wounds, but he also binds up. He injures, but his hands also heal. I, I shared earlier l- last year about my dad and how we had Mr. Bobby, the paddle, that my dad used on me until I broke it on my rear end, and I was thrilled that Mr. Bobby was gone. Um, and I didn't like any of those times when I received a spanking. I didn't like any one of them, except for the one with the paddle broken. It was done. Um, one time, my mom grabbed a, a, a fly swatter. Those, we're talking old school fly swatters, the one with the metal, you know what I mean, that would break off on the tips, and she, hit, she was hitting me with the plastic, and it broke off, and I laughed, and she started hitting me with the, with the metal. Isn't that child abuse? You know, so, no, parents say, no, that's the old-fashioned discipline. But she was going, I was like, ow, 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 right? I didn't laugh anymore after that, you know, because I didn't want that. None of us like correction and discipline, do we? Not one of us says, woo, hallelujah, God's giving me some good discipline. My life is horrible now. Whip me some more, God, I love it. None of us like that at all. If we do, something is wrong with you. But it seems like an odd thing that God would actually wound us and then bind us up. But I found an article about a loving shepherd, which I think is really awesome, considering it fits in today, about a little lamb. You know how, like, this little lamb, they say sometimes little lambs like to wander. They just like to explore. It's like terrible twos, threes. Kids like to explore. I remember one time uh, we had Jacob. He was about four or five, and this one lady had a baby, and we were at a, at a gathering, and she goes, man, I can't wait until he starts walking so I can get some rest. I said, good luck, honey. You ain't going to sit down ever again. The rest of your life, you're not going to sit down. And uh, it's true, right? You know, remember when they were easy, you just plop them down. Once they start moving, you are done. You are done. And so 
This is kind of what happens, but a little, little lambs will sometimes wander off to where it's dangerous, um, whether it be because of uh, wolves or other animals, or whether it be toward a cliff where they can get hurt. And the good shepherd has a staff, it's, it's curled, a shepherd's staff, but they also have a rod, and the rod is like a half of a nunchuck kind of thing. It's like a little stick, and what will happen is when the little lamb, a loving shepherd, has a rod and a staff, that's what they talk about, that rod and my staff that comfort me, that when the little lamb keeps wandering off and getting into dangerous areas, the shepherd will actually take that little nunchuck and crack him on the back of the leg. That sounds really fun, doesn't it? Sounds brutal, doesn't it? But then what he will do, the good shepherd will take up the lamb in his arms, many times put him around his shoulder and we've seen that imagery, and carry him around. And the reason why he does that is to keep the little lamb close to him, and the lamb eventually becomes completely, here we go, completely dependent upon the shepherd. And where the shepherd moves, so does the little lamb. And knowing that, and then if the lamb gets a little further, he'll say, here, and call it by name, and the sheep will come to him. And so what he's done, he's protected him because if he, if he just said, no, I don't want, I don't want to you know, give him discipline, let him go, he's, what they find out is lambs will get eaten or in dangerous situations. And so he'll go ahead and do that uh, several, several times. This is the way the little lamb learns the shepherd's voice and begins to be safe. And you know what's really cool? By being dependent upon the shepherd, the good shepherd, the really good shepherd here, this little lamb gets to go to places that it never has been before, gets to see things it never has before, and gets there easier and quicker. And over a lifetime, he is so cared for the shepherd, and he knows that he never has to run off because everything is right there. And that all comes about because of the discipline of the shepherd. It's the same thing with us. When the discipline of God comes, it's not to punish us, it's to keep us safe and keep us secure. I remember on um, an Israel trip that we went on many, many years ago, Melissa was there. I was looking for the video, and I, I couldn't find it. I may go ahead and just um, find it this week and put it up on, on Facebook or something. But um, we went into an area called the Shepherd's Field in Bethlehem, and it's been the Shepherd's Field from the time of David even before through history. Um, and we were there, and we got there right about sundown time. And as we were there, all of a sudden we started hearing this, bah, 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 bah. So, and, and we look up, and here comes this Bedouin shepherd with all these sheep. And I remember seeing the image as he was walking over the hill. He was coming, and he'd stop. And there was this little lamb that was right near him. You know, the, the old school sheep were like getting, they were getting out on the fringe, and, but they knew they could always get back. They knew just about where they'd go, and they'd go here. But the little lamb was right by him. When he would stop, it would stop, and it kept looking up to him. When he would go, it would walk. No matter where he went, this little lamb kept looking to the shepherd. It was so cool because the, the Bedouin um, uh, shepherd's daughters were there too, and they had a sheep, and I have Melissa holding it, and, and the sheep just loved to be held and loved, loved it. But it was so vulnerable if you put it down by itself. And, and it was so neat to see this imagery of where Jesus got this imagery and shared from them. You know, one, you know, in addition to this, on that same Israel trip, 
At the time, they had some bombings far away, but everybody was like in a, a nervous anticipation. And we were in the airport, Tel Aviv airport, and it was different than it is now. They just had one big hangar. And all of a sudden, they made an announcement in Hebrew. And then you saw a whole bunch of people running. That would freak you out a little bit, won't it? I had no clue what they said, and everybody starts running. And so I heard somebody yell, get down. So I took Melissa and threw her down and laid on her. And she said, you know, I laid on her, and I'm looking around for whatever. I didn't know what I was looking for. The sky could have been falling in, and I was looking, looking, looking. And after it was over, she said, I couldn't have got out if I wanted to. Jack's fat behind was laying all over top of me. All right? And um, I, why did I, you know, I don't, have a, I don't have a habit of taking Melissa and slamming her down and, you know, dropping an elbow and laying on her. But why did I do that? To protect her. Right? Um, she, she, she didn't think it was very humorous afterwards. But what had happened was, long story short, there was a package and they called for somebody to um, get it. And nobody came and so everybody got freaked out and started running. It was nothing. Um, but anyway, and one person went out and he had, his, he had his cart with him. And we're like, what are you doing, Joe? He said, if I'm going to get blown up, I'm going to get blown up with my stuff. And that was his opinion. But for me, I threw her down, not out of anger, but to protect her. And at times we do that. Sometimes I've heard stories of Kids who walk out in front of the road and somebody runs and slams them out of the way. It hurts, but it hurts a lot less than getting hit by a car. This is what our good shepherd does. None of us ever say, oh, God, thank you for disciplining me. I have never, ever had an opportunity when I have disciplined my kids when they said, oh, thank you, Father, that you have gone ahead and taken the keys to my car. I can't talk to my friends. Oh, please, would you take my phone as well? Never happens. Never, ever happens. But there's a reason for those things, that we do that. There is a reason. Hebrews 12, 11 says this. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but it what? It hurts. It's painful. Later on, it produces a harvest of righteousness, of uh, peace for those who are trained by it. The good shepherd, you know, he does this. He guides, he provides, he corrects, he protects. He protects us. David said, and I love this, Psalm 23, even though I walk through the darkest valley, or even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because my good shepherd is with me. You are with me. When he is with me, I have nothing to fear. When he is with me, my soul is at rest. When he is with me, I know he's working all things about the good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I will fear no evil, for your rod your, and your staff, they comfort me. You know what the staff is from? A lot of times sheep will get out of the way and you just grab the, it's like a leash. You just grab that little hook and pull them back. A lot of times when they need to examine sheep, they, pull, they put a hook, the hook of the um, staff around them and they pull them up so that they can make sure they're safe and check out all areas of their lives. You see, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. If a little sheep is out there, they would hook them and pull them up. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. What in the world does that mean? We say it all the time, but what does it mean? Sheep were what? Stanky. Flies were everywhere. And what you would often happen is sometimes flies would get up in their nose and they would lay eggs and larvae. And some of them, instead of coming out, would go up. And when it went up into their brain, it would make drive them absolutely crazy to the point that they talk about sheep that actually would bang their heads against the wall until they died because they were actually just so tormented. 
There are so many of us that may even be so tormented in our lives because we haven't allowed the, the oil of the Holy Spirit to fill our lives and to, and to put on the helmet of salvation. Often, it says he prepares a table before me. What the shepherd would do is often he would go out and he would look and there would be snakes that, snake holes and he would dump oil down in them because the snakes couldn't get up them so that when the sheep are eating their table... They didn't have to worry, and they would also anoint their head with oil because it kept the flies from getting in there. It was like a repellent, and it also kept the snakes from being able to latch on. God always protecting us, always taking care of us. It's no mistake that Satan's called Beelzebub, the Lord of the flies. My cup overflows. My cup overflows. What does this mean? How many of you have ever had somebody who was at your house that stayed a little too long? Uh, anybody? So when you're over to the house and you invite them over and then all of a sudden it's, you want them to go home and you go, <gasps> whatever. You, what are some other tasks? Um, <coughs> I think I'm getting sick. I better go lay down. You go through all these different things. In, in Israel, in Old Testament Israel, you were a guest at the house and as long as they kept filling up the cup with wine, you were welcome to stay. It was just keep on going. As long as the cup was still there, keep filling up. If the cup got dry, it was hint, hint, get out, go home. That's what it was. David says, my cup overflows, which means you're always welcome in the presence of the good shepherd. Surely goodness and mercy follow me, overtake me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He protects me. And you know what? One of the coolest things I ever heard, who, what's surely goodness and mercy? I, there's a kind of dog I like. And uh, Maggie, the one we had uh, that we lost just the other a month, Maggie was a border collie. And our other dog, Baby, she is an Australian shepherd. I love herding dogs. I don't know why. But I, I can tell you one thing. When our kids were little, naturally, all I have to do is go, round them up. And they'd chase them and round them up. And you know what, you know what surely goodness and mercy are? They're your herding dogs. Because sometimes in life, we start, to, we start to stray a little bit. And you know what we need? God says, Surely goodness and mercy, go. Go on. Surely goodness, get him. Get him, boy. Woo, woo. Surely goodness and mercy. Oh, yeah, God, I'll get back in line. And we need that in our lives to keep us in line and make sure we are following the good shepherd. Following the good shepherd. Jesus told a parable in Luke, and he said, If a shepherd has a hundred sheep, and one of them wanders away, because sheep are what? Prone to wander. He said, The shepherd will leave the ninety and the nine to pursue the one. Man, I just say to you today that you may be that one. You may be that one here today that God is leaving the rest of the flock to go find. He loves you so much. He's coming for you. You, say, you may be sitting here today saying, man, this message is, sounds like it's just for me. That God is speaking to me. And guess what? God is speaking directly to you. You're the one. I want to close today as the worship team comes up about a story about a drama professor. He was a drama professor, and he said, we're going to do a dramatic presentation of the 23rd Psalm. And he began that by starting, and he, he put on his best voice, Shakespearean voice, and he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restores my soul. And he did it so well that everybody just, after he was done, just woo, applauded. It was amazing. And then he looked and he saw this little shy boy in the front row and he said, you, you're next. Everybody knew that this boy was a Christian, but he was also really shy, reserved, and set back. And he, he stood up with 
very nervousness and just kind of shuffled his feet a little bit and had his hands and he said, started and he said, the Lord is my shepherd. And when he got those words out, he began to see the imagery in his life, beginning to see how good God has been to him in his entire life. That when he was in need, how God was there guiding him and leading him to a better place. And he started to, to feel the emotion and he got to, he, he makes me lie down in, in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And the boy got so overwhelmed with emotion that tears began to come down his face as he continued on and on and on with this emotion that he had. And when he got through, no one clapped, no one cheered, because everybody was crying as the tears streamed down everyone's face. The drama professor came up and he said, ladies and gentlemen, I know the 23rd Psalm, but this young man knows the shepherd. My prayer for you today is that you don't just know the Lord is my shepherd. I said, I want you to say it like I said, but that you will really come to know how good of a shepherd Jesus is. How much he wants to say that maybe today you are the one, the one that he's looking for, the one that he wants to restore your soul, the one that he wants to have you lie down in green pastures. He loves you so much that he's willing to lay down his life for you. And so I ask, as you today think about this, don't just think about it in imagery from long ago. Ask him where you need the good shepherd to meet you in life. Please stand where we are as we go to the Lord in prayer here today. Father, I ask that by your Holy Spirit that you would speak to your church in a way that would transform our lives. As we're praying today, there are some who are right here that say, man, I, I really, I'm a sheep and I need care of the shepherd. Some of you have got a decision to make, and, and hear me, God will guide you in that. The shepherd will guide you if you seek him. Others of you feel real empty, and you need him to be the provider, maybe materially, maybe spiritually, maybe even in your soul. Some of you right now recognize, well, I've done some things, and I'm facing some tough stuff ahead of me. I want you to stop and see that Actually, surely goodness and mercy of God and the discipline of God is bringing you to a place to good things. And these dogs are biting your heels to get you to greener pastures. Some of you right now are worried all the time. You say, I really, and you may say, I really do believe God is speaking to me and I'm a sheep and I want to be, I want to be under the care of the good shepherd. I want to experience an even deeper goodness of God. For those of you who today with your head bowed and your eyes closed and say, yes, God is speaking to me. I want to be even more intimately under the care of the good shepherd. I want him to put me around his neck and just carry me. If that's you, just raise your hand. Even if you're home today, go ahead and just lift your hand up. There we go. God, I thank you for the way your spirit works. Thank you for the way that you yourself are such a good shepherd. I pray that you would guide and that you would provide and that you would correct and you would protect I pray that we would be your sheep and we would know your voice and we would follow your lead and trust you and be at rest in our soul because we, our sheep, need you, need you in our lives. And as we continue praying, some of us may say, God, I'm kind of wandering. I'm like that sheep that's just wandering and wandering and wandering. I'm looking for something 
I'm like Isaiah. I'm a sheep that goes my own way. Some of you say, okay, if Jesus is coming for me, I've done so many things wrong. How could someone like me? How could someone even like me, yet alone love me? Jesus loves the sheep. Sheep do stupid things. But he loves you so much that he laid down his life for his sheep. He loves you so much that he did what we were incapable of doing. He'd leave the 90 and 9 just to go after you. Those of you who say, yes, I'm outside the flock and I've been wandering and I need to give my life to him. I've been on a different path and I need to get back on. I trust Jesus and give my life to him. If that's you, just lift your hands high. There you go. Awesome. Awesome. Others who say, yes, I need him and I need your forgiveness and your grace. Uh, and church online, you too, go ahead. I, as we all join together and just pray, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. I believe Jesus died for me and he rose again so I could live with you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so I can follow you all the days of my life. Thank you for my new life. Today I give you mine. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's sheep said, Bah. I'm going to ask that people come up and be ready to pray, for, pray with you. And if you said any of those prayers, share with somebody. It's a great, great thing. All, all heaven celebrates when one sinner seeks prayer.
the name of Jesus. You are high and lifted up. Everybody get like this. <sighs> that feel good? I just kind of just uh, kind of felt like the 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 flock here is tired. Anybody tired? Anybody a little worn out? So guess what? Our good shepherd wants to lead us to a greener pasture, one where it's besides still waters to do what? Restore our souls. Restore our souls. Let the Lord restore your soul, whatever brokenness it may be. He is our good shepherd. And I hope that you connected to that today and um, had a good time and mostly connected to our good shepherd. Watch out for surely goodness and mercy. They'll bite you in the butt, okay? Just letting you know. All right, next week. Next week, there we go. I am the light of the world. And so we're going to talk about that next week. And then the final week was, is I am the vine. So because you're the light of the world... I want you guys to uh, just celebrate the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship, communion, power of the Holy Spirit may not only rest upon you, but be with you now and forevermore that you will have the presence of the Good Shepherd. And you got one more time. Let's do it right. All God's sheep said? All right. Have a great week.